Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Joining us now in studio, as he does each and every Tuesday, TV voice of the jazz, he is Craig Bowler, Jack Bowler. We just have a good vibe going around the studio oh, these days, don't yeah. we? Yeah, you know, it's it's positivity. Really, it's it's nothing. It, the vibe is is strong. It's 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 a positive. Gordon's out talking to Alexa right now <laughs> as we speak. I mean, he's not in studio, so that means more time for you and me and Austin, which is good. Yeah, yeah, we Gordon is out there on the phone. Yeah. Any idea what's going on no, out there? There's got to be some issue. Like you know, hey, look, uh, I thought you wanted the Alexa, but I told you not to. But now we got an issue. So that's what I think. He's I think he's talking to the boss. That's what's going on. Exactly. Okay. I was crying <laughs> coming in. That was great. Wow. Do you have uh, Alexa? No. Or any of that? No, Are you I don't either. Me? No way. <laughs> I don't know. I can still walk. Thank goodness, and I can turn on the lights. You know, I mean, you remember when the clapper came out? I. T- <laughs> You know, come on. I mean, okay. Uh, you know, for someone the elderly that needs, you know, going to sleep. Okay, all right. But come on, we can walk over and flip the switch. What was it? Turn what on the, the TV. Uh, what was it? Clap off. Clap, clap on. Clap on. Clap off. The clapper. <laughs> come on. No, my my brother-in-law. Actually, I saw this for the first time in uh, California about four months ago, right after the season, three months, and I was just amazed at what it does. Amazed. I mean, it, it, it takes care of life. I mean, it, maybe it cooks one day. I, I don't know. but I don't want to know, frankly, I, Bowler. If, if they truly are eavesdropping on Daily Convo and Know Your Life, no. I mean, I don't want, I don't want that. No, heck no. Forget it. That's Big Brother. It's all come to fruition, right? It's all happening. It's all happening. Big Brother. Yeah. Right in your house. Welcome. Well, we're glad you're in our house, Bowler. Thanks. It's, good to be here. Yeah, Always it's, is. It's good to it's see you. It's only 101 out. Is that what it is? That's it, you know. They crack 100? Golly. I'd say walking up into the employee's entrance, it's like you could grill bacon and eggs right Mm. now. And yet in this studio, it's 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 about a a crisp 55. It's an ice box. It's an ice box. Cool to see you, Gordo. Glad hey. you could come in. Hey, glad you could join the show. Yeah. What's Good to going see on, you, pal? You know, I think this should be like pa- show like up. passing a note in school. Whether you, when you get busted, you have to read the note. Oh yeah. I think Gordon should tell us about his phone conversation. It was a conversation with uh, Alexa. No. <laughs> Bowler, you need to look at him change his subject. Yeah. Look at that. He, Go right to Bowler. I was talking to Joe Baird. Oh, okay. okay. Uh, so uh, you need to dress appropriately for this show. It's I needed uh, a, a wool coat, scarf. <laughs> That'd be so fun. Winter hat. <laughs> I mean, you guys are wearing. You got two shirts on. I got long sleeves. Got a long sleeve on. No, I, I should have given you the pants. heads up. I'm you sorry. have a golf shirt Golly. and shorts on, and you're freezing. It's, been, it was. An, I felt it immediately when I walked in here. I've been I've been cooking in this long sleeve shirt all day, and the second I stepped into this uh, this studio, I said, "Worth it." Yeah, sure, one hundred percent worth it. I refuse. I used to bring a sweatshirt, but when it's a hundred degrees outside, did you guys mention before? Is this uh, can you run your own can you run your own thermostat, or is Alexa running this place? I mean. <laughs> Alexa, hell, yeah. she's the ice queen. Seventy-two. There's some dude in in Seattle who's like, oh, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to freeze these bozos out. <laughs> you could you could probably put meat in here and it'd stay a while. It'd be fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it'd be it'd be just fine. Yeah, absolutely, it's a meat locker yeah. in here. Feels... Bowler, did you see the uh, viral video of Rudy Gobert taking Shooting three point shots? I've I've witnessed it myself in in practice. What's the deal? Well, you know, as Britain, I guess, texted you guys, I mean, it's easy to do a lot of things in practice when the pressure isn't on or a guy's not jumping in your face and you have to set your feet or shoot 
basically quickly. Uh, but maybe that comes uh, around. Rudy can shoot the three. The form I, is nice. The form's terrific. I mean, you look at his free throw shooting. I mean, you, you see a pretty good stance for a big seven foot one inch guy, right? Compared to what Shaq O'Neal did in his day, balancing the the, the orange on his on his fingertips. But no, Rudy uh, has slowly improved at the at the free throw line, uh, where you don't you know. With most bigs, you gasp a little bit when when a big goes to the to the stripe. Rudy's a little much more solid. He's flirting with seventy percent, and I got to be honest. Um, you know, I've watched him do this, but as the great Britain uh, said earlier, it, it's got to it has to happen during game time, and that's difficult to do. Do you want to see him even try? With all the good shooters the Jazz going to have now? I doubt that that's going to come into play. It may hit his <laughs> hand a few times or two. Uh, maybe he'll pull the trigger if he's running down the floor as a trailer and all of a sudden the ball comes out to him. Maybe he says, uh, ooh la la, and, and lets it go. I, I don't know. I'm telling you right now, I'd put money. I would put money on Rudy Gobert to beat Ben Simmons in a three-point shooting contest. Wow. You know? Ben's in practice? Never, is it, in practice. I would, too. Ben's never taken one. Right, he uh, has, but he didn't take one last year. I last think he year. took one or two his rookie year, or supposedly. And he his decided, year. oh, his alleged his rookie alleged year. rookie year. <laughs> <laughs> so, I guess after the the first two misses, he said, "I'll I'll, I'll just leave that alone." Right. I would swear, my my uh, <laughs> my fortune on Rudy on, on Rudy mm-hmm. your fortune. <laughs> See, Bowler, when I said that, you know. If you refer to all your savings, it is your fortune, yes. no matter how small it is. Yes. And, and they automatically made it sound like Why it. Why didn't you say the word savings? Because. It's, it, well, you know, the fortune is, Gordo has it's stacks, vast stacks of gold on. coins. You know, in his, you know 592 million. <laughs> He's basically Scrooge McDuck. <laughs> he counts it when he goes home. By the way, nice. Ben Simmons was 0 for 11 his rookie year from three. 0 for 11. And he did attempt some last year. He attempted six. He was 0 for 7. And he's never made one. Never made one. Not That's, in his yeah. professional career. 0 for 17. I'm, my money's on Rudy. 0 for 17. Rudy's never tried one, has he? Uh, Rudy has better form than Ben Simmons, yeah. I would say. Let me, uh, let me see Rudy's stats. I don't think he's ever made one. He may have taken one. and I think he had to rush one or two. Uh, I may be wrong. Uh, Let's see your totals. Uh, Rudy took two in his second year, one in his fourth, for a total of three. Three career attempts. Oh for three. He's got a better percentage. So let's let's make this bet. (laughs) (laughs) Who who makes one first? Would you bet on Gobert? Well, I just don't think he's going to get the opportunity. Well, Ben Simmons doesn't really either. Ben doesn't want it. Well, but that's by his own choice. Yeah, Yeah. but that's what makes this question interesting. Uh Uh-huh. Hmm. I might, I might go with Rudy. I guarantee you Ben's working on the three ball in the summer. I mean, obviously Rudy has been as well with the video that you've seen. So I'll go with Ben on that, but I think Rudy's would, would, would probably be more successful. Let's give him each 10 shots and see how it goes. Put yeah. it on pay-per-view. I'm not convinced Ben is a worker, though. If Ben was a worker, wouldn't he have addressed this issue by now? Um, I mean, Rudy yes. couldn't make a free throw, period, when he first got into the league. And as, as you pointed out, Bowler, He's climbing. Very much. Very, he's, uh, 70% for him is absolutely he, he, terrific. He reminds me of Carl Malone. And, and people forget, Carl had many struggles from the stripe in the early days. And he put that um, as a personal you know, task 
that he wasn't going to be embarrassed at the line anymore. And Carl and Malone turned out to be a, a pretty solid free throw shooter throughout his career. Because he was a worker. Yeah. Now, other ones say there was a couple of moments that Carl, you know, missed one or two, uh, which does occur. Balls. Yeah. Oops. Yeah. But uh, one of us here wrote a column about it. Yes, he did to my left. <laughs> That's why I had to kind of see how his, what his reaction would be. Yeah, the one I, who, I remember it. The guy who loves showing off for Alexa. Yeah. <laughs> but Malone, I mean, look, it, this game's crazy. I mean, you know, stress, pressure, all of the above. And, you know, the free throw shooting, I think you guys will all agree, it, it comes down to repetition and just blocking out everything humanly possible, going through the same procedure time and time again. And, and you know what? People ask all the time, how much do the Jazz practice? You know, they do, but a lot of this goes on a personal, you know, basis of how, how in tuned are you to that, to that shot. Uh, and, you know, away from even the practice facility or things that we don't see as, a, as the media uh, with the Jazz, these guys are there much longer before and after I'm there. And that's where a lot of that, that stuff, that practice actually occurs uh so you know some guys will tell you the the story is gordo i take i take 300 a day mm-hmm. and maybe that's the case for some and for for, for others it's not it's not as important uh, or they don't feel like they need as much uh, no, uh, that much work at it at the line though my whole point in saying that rudy could do it in a game wasn't based on i understand that there's more pressure and he's probably a little more unsettled, but guys don't cover Rudy out no. there. No. He would be absolutely left alone until he made a couple. What you just said kind of resonates because if the Jazz actually seem to be spreading the floor with the acquisitions they have, Bogdanovich and Conley and Donovan and Joe, and you have to guard each of these guys and not sag, would you not think – Gordon, in your statement then, Rudy would be left open more often than not, than more than he was a year ago. Well, just know, everybody knows he's not going to shoot those shots. And so if you're Clint Capella, are you going to go out and guard Rudy out well, you're on the worried, perimeter? You're worried about him on top of the rim. Yeah. So maybe we'll see a few more attempts this Plus, year. Plus, a lot of times uh, the opposing team's center is, looking, is doing what Rudy does and hunting down other players to uh, – to guard the rim, so I, 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 I just think it would be, it would be a nice little compliment to Rudy's game to have him, if not take three point shots, at least take a little twelve foot jumper here and there. I think the biggest difference we're going to notice is it's near impossible for one player, even Clint Capella, to take away Rudy rolling to the rim. So with the spacing. What do you do now? Because what we saw Houston do, right, Bowler, during the playoffs is they switched everything to take away the angle on the pass and essentially double Rudy, right. and it took him really out of the series. In theory, you can't do that anymore. Right. And right. so we're talking about jumpers and that sort of thing, but you would think that he's going to get even more dunks because you he can't. Led, yeah, he led the league. Right. You I can't mean, sag to stop him, as you were saying. I, I'm thinking that he'll just dominate. I, I don't know any other way to put it, and he may step outside a little bit. I, I think if his game could add – you know, you said a, a 12 foot or even a six foot turnaround uh, and just face up and hit a, a short, you know, jumper like that would be a, a huge, another, what would you call it, Jake? Just another weapon yeah. mm-hmm. in, in the arsenal that he, I hope to see him add something, it, whether 
it's a sweeping hook. Uh, can he run across the lane a little bit? Um, can he knock down a little six-footer? Uh, we know he can tap in and rebound and all the above, but, you know, it's that's where I think it separates him from being an all-star is to add that extra uh, offensive skill. And How else can he improve? What else can he do? Well, we know what he does defensively. He's right. the best in the in the world at what he does in and that so, regard. Do you think he can get better defensively? I think he probably challenges himself every day to get better. I don't think he wants a shot to ever go past him. I don't think he ever wants to be dunked on. Yeah, I still I, I say he still will be a motivated type player to improve his game on on that end of the floor, but also on the offensive end. He got better last year. Do you I know, thought he was a better defender last year than he was the year before. You know, he, he stayed had, healthy, and that was yeah. such a key. There was a rhythm, you know. And I think I think too, Favors is is now departed and gone to New Orleans, but those two were able to combine and. Uh, uh, do some some good things. Uh, the rebounding, uh, you know, there wasn't a lot of free you know uh, shots that came off the rim that Favors or Gobert wasn't on top of. So uh, we'll see how that fares and you know who who picks up uh, some of the rebounding that, you, that was lost by Favors' departure. Do you remember this, Jake? Either it was either Quinn or it was Dennis who told us last year when we brought up Rudy's development, who said that they try to get him focused on a certain limited number of things to work on, not work on everything. I think it was Quinn who said that. Was it? I think so. And that caught me by surprise a little bit because Rudy is so driven, and I thought that they would want him to work on 10, 12-foot jumpers or something to add to the offensive component to the thing. But it almost sounded like he wanted him to hone in on what he – kind of like, okay, you do – three things really well keep doing those things really well and I, I don't I don't know well I remember in practice what happened was uh, the first day was uh, Rudy rolling to the rim and the high pass the lob pass which is you know Quinn called it the high pass I say lob but it's the same thing and Rudy was I mean at times I mean he was dominant right I mean yeah. Ricky and him got together and, and uh, seemed to have good timing Donovan Joe Ingles as well uh, and, and Rudy became more of an offensive force uh, just on a simple move and using his height and making sure the ball was put on top of the rim or on his hands and, and, and with the finish. Is it because the Jazz aren't interested in two-point shots? Well, analytically, no, because, as we know, three is more than two. <laughs> I, Folks, you know what? I every think time write I say that, down. that yeah, that's, that's, that's really groundbreaking. <laughs> but, you know, the analytics of the NBA are, are just out of sight, and Locke speaks to it a lot, and, you know, he studies that, and, and I get it. Uh, but again, you know, there are times, in my opinion, and maybe I'm talking against what Quinn believes. And but look, I look at it, and I've seen shots not only from the Jazz but from other NBA teams. They give up just a, a sure-made good look at a ten-footer off the angle left or right, or even straight away inside the free throw line before you get to the restricted area. Just a little, a little baby push shot, whatever. And they usually sometimes, I think, in their minds now, drill to kick that ball back out. Mm-hmm. And instead of taking the two, they're going to take the chance because the three is more. And and the analytics tell you that that's where the game has gone. On the rim and outside, yeah. and especially the corner Those two three, things. left that's, or right. That's what it is. That's what the game's turned into. Yeah. And so we don't see – I tell you what, Ricky Rubio would get himself started, uh, I thought more so last year, when he started off the left angle jump shot. That was his shot. Kind of a little banker or just off the left side angle. 
and then you kind of go, okay. You see the, you know, I, all the analogies by all the analysts will always say, and any guy who's ever played the game at this level would tell you, you have, uh, hold on for this one, but you have to see the ball go in. Yeah, of course you do, but it's early. If you do it early in a game, they all believe, Big T, uh, Matt, and, and Bullard, and all these guys around the league uh, will tell you, and I've heard Reggie Miller too, look, if I get an early shot, I'm on my way. And if you miss a few, then the mind games come into play. And I think when Ricky actually was able to hit a shot early, his game kind of reflected that throughout the course of the of the uh, of the forty eight minutes of play. But you know, hey, look now you con- now it's a Conley era. Now you have a Bogdanovich era. It's going to be an interesting season with a lot of different twists and turns. And I'm anxious to see how many three balls go up on a given night for Utah. Bola, real quick, I, I think that last year we saw the Jazz at times when they would shoot 55%, mm-hmm. and then we'd see times when they'd shoot 38%. I said it many times. It was almost like the flu hit the entire yeah. team. Yeah. And, and usually you see games where one player or so maybe has an off night and somebody else picks it up. Golden State comes to mind. Houston comes to mind, you know, and others. But a lot of times I, I think it was the – the way they move the ball and I think you know short shot clocks will also force a team to kind of panic a bit and Donovan I think is in that category when they knew he was the last hope in a short shot clock here you take it and you force up a three and and those percentages go down when you have to really rush a shot and the Jazz found themselves in that position a lot I'm just saying that this year there will be times when the Jazz flirt with 60 percent you just hope they don't bottom out in the teens like they did last year. <laughs> On bad nights. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm serious. You, you, you want to bottom out at, at you know, 33 35%, which might be impossible, but not. Last year we saw a bowler where they bottom out in the teens. They, they had a few nights where it was like it, it was the flu. Yep. I mean, it was like really wide open looks. And that's the one thing Quinn Snyder never panicked about. I'll give him credit for that, is that the shots were there. If They, they ran their offense, and they always ran it. You know, to perfection, as he liked to say, the blender. And it's true. These guys work the ball right to left side, to middle, then, you know, the cutters or whatever. And, and they, they had high percentage looks, but you, if you can't make them, then, you know, you go back and say, okay, let's manufacture some offense. And that's where Gobert came into play on those high passes to the rim. But I think what Gordon's point is that if they do, man, if they're knocking down, you know, in the 50% range and, and jump into a 60 night, 60% night, and I still think because of the, the, of the amount of threes most likely they'll take, this Jazz team is going to score, uh, obviously, I would guess five to six, seven points a game, potentially more than a year ago. Yeah. And the pace may also uh, change a little bit with Conley running the show. Those are things we don't know yet. Those are just discussion points that I think will be looked at quite a bit in the early part of the season. All right, we want to remind you to join uh, Scotty and Hans this Friday from noon to three at Mountain Lands uh, uh, Valley View Pro Am at the Valley View Golf Course. Excuse me, 2501 East Gentile Street in Layton. See Utah's best pros in action. Scotty Enhance this Friday from noon to 3 at Valley View Golf Course. Bowler, you're a, you're a part of a really great event that's coming up, and we're going to kind of preview that a little bit with a special guest. Yeah, a special next. guest and a guy dear to my heart. I think a lot of Utah fans remember uh, the late, great uh, Bruce Woodbury. His son's in the house, and we're going to talk about a big event that's coming up in the middle of August up at the, uh, the Huntsman Center, and it's going to raise money for a scholarship uh, that represents uh, Bruce's legacy up on the hill. And uh, 
Uh, John's going to be in here in just a minute to talk about uh, his dad, Bruce Woodbury. All right, we'll get to that right around the corner. Stay tuned. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, Craig Bowler Jack here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Coming out of my cage and I've been doing just fine. Got it, got to be down because I want it all. It started out with a kiss, had it in a like this. It was only a kiss, it was only a kiss. Now I'm falling asleep and she's calling a cab while he's having a smoke. Show 97.5, 12 into the zone. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, Craig, Bowler, Jack in the house. And Bowler, why don't uh, why don't you introduce our next guest? Because uh, you're uh, a part of a great event coming up and, uh, you, you know, um, uh, honoring a, a longtime friend of yours. Yeah. Uh, and anybody who knows uh, the University of Utah Athletic Department, uh, it's synonymous with a, a man's name who... Uh, we just recently lost um, Woody, Bruce Woodbury, who uh, ran the show uh, up on the hill for so many years and befri- befri- befriended me when I first came to town uh, way back, uh, just uh, right after uh, the Pioneers landed here. Uh, <laughs> but, no, Bruce was just a terrific individual, and his son, John, is just and the family is just uh, just incredible. And, John, welcome to the studio, and I appreciate you guys uh, taking some time to have John come in because um, you've put together an event uh, August 17th up at the Huntsman Center to honor your dad. And uh, the proceeds are for all about scholarships. And just tell the viewers how they can get involved, and and we hope they'll be there to enjoy a a fun day. Yeah, it's going to be a really fun event. Uh, what we are going to do is we're going to break the world record for the largest ever game of knockout. And uh, it's known by a lot of different names. We always called it elimination growing up. Uh, I've heard lightning and tornado and, and poison and all these different versions, but everyone's played it. It's got two basketballs and a line of people. Uh, and the first, the second person has to try and get the first person out. And uh, in, I think, 2015, the Dallas Mavericks set the world record with 701 people in one game. <laughs> and uh, we are going to break that record on August 17th up at the Huntsman Center. And uh, so c- coming up and play, that's really what, what it's about, is, is join in, be part of a world record, uh, be part of a good cause. And it's going to be a lot of fun. And it's for your dad and his memory and scholarship. Hopefully, is what you're trying to uh, to put make this all happen for uh, to honor him. Yeah, yeah. He uh, he did a lot uh, for journalism, and he was there uh, at the U from when uh, really from, from when journalism was a fledgling degree, and, uh, and then all the way through. With, to a communication degree that I got years and years later, and so we're gonna we're gonna the scholarship is going to have s- some sort of connection with uh, journalism and, and and sports journalism because those are the two things that he loved. Well, he was great with people, and Gordon, I know you had contact with him, and and Jake, he was a marvelous individual. Uh, When I first came to the city, I remember the Big Five huddle luncheons, and Woody (laughs) basically ran the show, and you had the likes of Fossil, then Mac, and then you had Lavelle, always, and Chuck Shelton, who came down from Utah State, and it was almost just a fun fest of college football coaches at that time, and they they had it at different hotels around the city, and uh, Lavelle and Mac. It was kind of a comedy show, and uh, but they always brought a player or two. But I always felt like Woody was kind of the master of ceremonies every Tuesday, uh, and, and it was just a fun day where you got a chance to talk football and also kind of the gloves were off where the media and, and the coaches they just kind of 
kind of uh, intermingled a little bit and try to get some info of what the program was about. Yeah, Woody was. Uh, I, I I I mentioned this to you, John. That I I knew no one who who didn't like Woody. There might be some guys out there, and he'd get mad at us sometimes and whatnot. But what a kind soul! I mean, he was no pushover though. Yeah. I mean, he could he could mix it up with anybody, but he was just. I mean, he's just an institution. <laughs> yeah, he was. He was really good at walking the line. He he wanted to take care of people. He, he always told us it's about who you know in life. It's about your relationships. It's about uh, finding those people and and helping them get better and help them achieve and help them be successful. And he was all about that. But he also knew where the line was. And he he knew uh, when when it was the it had to be the you when the you had to come first. And so he was he was really good at that. John, also about, I think people know need to know about your dad. He had health issues at a very young age. Uh, and, you know, he never shied away from talking about it a little bit. But also, as his life continued on, those health issues kind of piled up. And uh, he, I don't know if I've met a fighter like, like Bruce Woodbury. In the final two to three years of his life, he rallied back multiple times when we had said our farewells and you talked earlier to us before we came online about the love he had for the U especially football and how he in the in those latter months how he refused not to go and watch Utah play up at uh, up at the, uh, the stadium yeah we uh, we just every week we thought there's no way he's going to be able to go this week there's no way and the football miracle happened every week he would get up and he would say I'm going to the game and we he would look good, and we'd say, you know what? If if he can go do the thing that he loves to do, we'll we'll facilitate it. And so uh, my mom, my angel mother, <laughs> would uh, go with him and and take him up to the press box, and he would sit there uh, in the press box and enjoy being around you guys and and being around coaches and media and and everyone up there. And it, it happened every single week. We how, didn't think he could do it. How many years uh, in the position of uh, sports information? Uh, f- Forty, really. Wow. It was. Uh, That's a career. Forty years. Yeah. And he saw the trans. Gordon, you said it best. He saw the transformation from what was to what is now. And uh, oh boy, it's had changed. things changed. It has changed a little bit. And that the people who were in that position back in the day it used to be that yeah he worked for the University of Utah, but he also worked with the media, and so he was kind of in the middle, like you were talking about. Very complicated position from that standpoint but the guys on the media side respected him and so he he i guess he had trust on both sides and you do that by doing your job right nowadays it's a little more i don't know it's a little more okay we're going to protect yes uh, the institution and there isn't the there isn't as much of the back and forth and uh, tell you the truth i think your dad missed those days a little bit it was fun back social then. media changed everything yeah, you he's know. he said so he's said a lot uh, since then. He he said, yeah, I don't know if I could do it under social media. Yeah, mm-hmm. it makes things it makes it a lot tougher on all sides. I think I'll, hey. ju- I'll just say this, Bowler, and really, I don't know if you care about the University of Utah, then this would be a great thing to be involved. Oh, it's in. a world record. Yeah, go on up there August seventeenth to this uh, event honoring Woody. And creating a scholarship, that's just, I can't think of anything that is more synonymous with the University of Utah than Bruce Woodbury. Right. And John, before we cut you loose, what time does everyone need to be there so the world record will stand up as legit? Uh, By 9.30 a.m. It says 9 o'clock, but it's by 9.30. And I actually have a discount code. 
Uh, if you if you go to uh, hoopsrecord.com, 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 uh, and if you put uh, you click on tickets and put a promo code in and put in the zone, all lowercase, no space. Beautiful. Uh, it'll be five bucks to come participate. Oh, wow. It goes towards a great cause, and it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to take a few hours to play, and uh, we have some prizes for the winner. We have some uh, Utah basketball season tickets and some individual football tickets, and uh, we actually have a, a, a suite. Uh, one of the companies that has a suite for jazz games has donated a couple of games Uh in, in their suite, and uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. It's a test run to prove to Larry Scott that you can have a sporting <laughs> event in the morning. Is that what it is? I, I don't know. Maybe it is, but 9.30, show up and participate. See, 9.30 sounds better than 9. <laughs> yeah, officially it's 9, and I thought, you know what, we're going to say 9.30. Why don't you let people get a chance to saunter in and get comfortable? Yeah, everyone's got to be there before we yeah. start. Guinness has all sorts of records, but, you know. Hey, John, I know your dad's smiling down right now uh, of what you've done, and I know your mom, she's uh, she's such a special uh, lady and your family, and uh, we appreciate you coming in, and our best to your family and the memory of your dad, uh, Woody, Bruce here, here. Woodbury. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. You bet. All right, he is John Woodbury. The event is August 17th uh, at 9. I'll say 9. You know, make sure. <laughs> sure, why not? Uh, hoopsrecord.com. Use the promo code the zone, and it's just $5 entry fee, so make sure and do that for a great cause. Thank you, John. We'll have more coming up next. Stay tuned, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. This, this, this is Hans Olsen and Scotty G. It's what you want. From the Mercury News, John Wilner. I think all of us were fairly confident that Utah would be picked to win the South Division. I was a little surprised that they were picked to win the entire thing. You know, I was one of those who picked them to win the whole thing. If you think Utah's a heavy favorite in the South, then it's just one game for that Pac-12 championship against the North winner. And I've picked them to beat Oregon. I just think it'll be a good matchup for them. You know, they can take away Oregon's strengths on the offensive line and with Justin Herbert but that's really what it came down to to me is okay Utah's clear pick in the south and they win that one game and the, the experience from last year I think will, will help them considerably if they get to Levi Stadium catch Hans and Scotty every day from noon to three presented by your Rocky Mountain Chevy dealers on 97.5 1280 the zone and the zone sports network Show 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We want to remind you, listen, tomorrow for a win, on a win ticket Wednesday for your chance to win tickets to the Nitro World Games. Nitro World Games is headed back to the state of sport on Saturday, August 17th at the Utah Motor Sports Campus. The world's best moto sports and action sports athletes will once again converge this summer to battle for the top spot in the Nitro Rallycross, Moto Quarterpipe, and FMX Best Trick. Tickets on sale now. Purchase your tickets at NitroWorldGames.com. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, Craig Bowler, Jack, hanging out with us. I got a question for you guys real quick, and I don't want to spoil a 60 and 60 or anything like that, but who do you think this college football season is going to have the best year? What individual player? Is it Jordan Love? Is it uh, a defender for the Utes? Mm. Is it Zach Wilson? Well, I'll tell you, uh, Jalen Johnson was my number one on my 60 and 60, but I don't think he will have the quote-unquote best year because I don't think – Because they're not going to throw at him. They're not going to throw at him, right. Utah's going to run, right? Yep. Zach Moss? It's probably – That's the first guy that came to my mind. 
I'll, I'll, I'll throw my uh, my nickel in the pot saying it's Moss. I think that's a pretty safe bet. Yeah, Wait, me Ed, too. As long as he stays healthy. He told us at Pac-12 Media Day, Bowler, that uh, they're going to run the ball 60% of the time this year. Or no, 65% 65, yeah. of the time this year. Well, the, that means the ball's going to be in his hands a ton. And, Does that you mean know, he's going to carry the ball on half the plays? He may be a 30-per-night guy. He said 30 touches. That That's I think what I'm thinking. Try and if, 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 if they're going 65% of the time, Moss has got to have in his hands at least 30 carries. Yeah. How, how many total plays for an average offense do you think in a game? Uh, if you're I running, don't know the, the If you're running the ball, uh, you'll go 65 to 70. This depends. On a turnover or two, you may run 45 to 50 on a bad night. If you're not, you know, if you if your offense can't get back on the field and right. your defense is hanging out there all night. So that figures uh, percentage-wise right so in there, 30. Yeah, yeah, so that's about 30. 30 carries would be uh, a pretty heavy load. Can man. I, can I, running back, handle that kind of that's load That's a heavy anymore? load. 30, We've seen it before. When you hit 30, that's like, uh, you go 35, man, you're, you're pulling the truck pretty much all night long. And it, it depends in, on the pounding you take. I called a game once at, for Oklahoma. Uh, P. Ryan was uh, the young man's name who carried the ball. I think I have to go back. It was 45 times. Are you kidding? And Ooh. I think he ran for an NCAA rushing single game record. I know it was an Oklahoma record, uh, and it was like in, nearing 500 yards. Wow. I mean, and you know what? Moss has the ability, too, guys, to hit big chunks at a time. And that's the power game and his ability with cut, you know, cut ability and stuff. I, you know, he could have a big year. Health, health, Knocking is everything. On wood. Everything, everything. It is, and he's a he's a special player when he's going. So, but it, love is another good pick. Well, love the the question is, you know, the team around him. the team team around him, and if he needs more weapons or if he's good enough to. You know, yeah. And then they got a new offensive coordinator up there, and how is he going to be utilized, and how comfortable will he be? Because he and Yost were on the same yeah. page. Yeah. Will he have that again Jake's with like Sanford? Yeah, Coach Yost. Yost, a good-looking guy. When I when I went out and talked <laughs> to him, I said, "You know, you look just like Jake Scott," and he took it as a compliment. Yeah, well, he should. <laughs> He absolutely so should. Humility is his strong yeah. suit. Uh-huh. Yeah, you know, I come in here, I can feel it. It's all through the room. <laughs> well, uh, what about uh, what about say somebody like Matt Bushman at BYU, or is I just, it all I Zach just wonder Wilson? how many? Well, well Moss is going to get so many carries. How yeah. many? How many attempts is Bushman going to get? How many catches? I don't know how often they're going to throw to him. They should go to him a lot. I even think so. Because you've said this uh, for a long time, the BYU needs more playmakers. Well. There's one. There's one. <laughs> and last year they were almost punishing him because he couldn't block very well. Well, the guy can catch. Get him in the game. Throw the ball to him. They will this year, I think. I would think so, too. And he did get better at blocking last year. I get that. You want to be able to keep him on the field. You don't want it to be an automatic, well, they're passing every time he comes into the game. I get that. You know, I'm just backtracking for a minute just to think about Moss because Covey's knee injury, he's eight months out from the ACL. Mm. So yeah, it does put more more it does put more carries in his hands. Unless it, another receiver by chance steps up and makes himself known, right? Which Hans has been really high on Brian Thompson. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and maybe he could have kind of a breakout year. What about the great one? Damari Simpkins? 
Self-anointed, the great one. <laughs> Didn't he say that last year, that he was the best receiver in the country? He did. He did say that. Well, I mean, confidence is, you know, very sexy. Back it up. Quoting Jack Palance again, are you, Gordon? Yes, I am. Yeah. <laughs> you love quoting Jack. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but I think they'll need. I mean, I I don't have a whole lot of faith in the Utah receiving core having another breakout star. And Covey, to be honest, look at the game he plays. He shouldn't be your no. I mean, he he He's could be your guy, he right? could be your go to guy, but he can't be your your big play dude. You know what I mean? You're no, number one. I, I totally agree. They look. They were forced to use him, and the guy was just a gamer. I don't know if I've met a guy pound for pound except Stockton, Gordo. Here we go. As tough as they get. But, you know, he's a guy that you just want him to sit down. You know what I mean? Just, here I am. You know, and, and find that <laughs> little yard slot. Curl. And just, there it is. Hey, I'm right. And that's what he is. He's that guy, just a possession. Give me give me a first down. That's kind of the way I think of him. I wish our, I wish our listeners could see Bowler right <laughs> now as he's down. down and he's got his hands out like he's just waiting for the Set ball. Set it down, uh, man, right here. Give me the ball. And that's But, you know, they used him in such different ways last year because, I mean, the guy took a pounding prior to the injury. And he kept just getting back up and performing at such a high level. Finally, he couldn't. And I remember couldn't. when he went off the field uh, in that uh, Pac-12 championship game, and it was just like he was battered. Hard to believe eight months he's out of yeah. the uh, the ACL surgery. I do. I. I mean, guys do miraculous things with, you know, the arthroscopic procedure. I mean. I guess maybe in October could he could he hit the field by conference time? Oh well, they're they saying so. he might be there for the BYU game. Might wow. be, but then, wow, wow, then wow. Kurt's also saying they're preparing themselves to be without right. him till October. So I mean, yeah. that's who, five games in, right? Yeah, so, yeah you go who, about five games before he got back. Who else on. are we leaving out? Who else could fit into that category? At least into that conversation. Well, if you want to talk about defensive guys, Woodward up there at Utah State yeah. is a. Is a crazy good linebacker and then you know, Bradley and I I mean does he have a Nate Orchard like season where he mm-hmm. really stacks up the sacks man he had some he had some spectacular moments last year yep or well, a month month out camp starts yeah. uh, basically today, today. checking in today and uh, and what the 29th we were just looking at the schedule yep August 29th, August 29th. what's today say the 30th it's today what so it's, today? it's a month from Thursday right 20, it's today's the <laughs> yeah a month today from is 30. thirty yeah a so month from Thursday a month from Thursday here we go camp pads the smell oh here we go Bowler the, the smell. smell tell them about it the smell. tell everybody about <laughs> it Bowler <laughs> used to talk about this the sweat the smell the, the smell of the grass the grass stains on your uniform the uh, what else the uh, uh, the uh, the the uh, the hot dogs on the grill wafting up through the stadium. What else? What am I, I can, leaving out? Can't you smell it now? Everyone driving. The atomic bomb. <laughs> yeah. The stuff that, yeah, yeah. You know, the tape. Um, you know, your helmet that you mold early in the season. You mean mold, mold, or you well, mean mold, mold growing in there? Well, it could. It could Either hey, or. It can grow there, too. I'm seeing it. Uh, but You miss it, Bowler. You, I, just, I, I you, you were a player. You had some great memories in, in high school. Uh, played some college ball, got injured, uh, but it's still partying. I love it. Yeah, I learned so much from the game uh, that I – I know it sounds corny, but uh, the team concept is very much uh, part of what I believe. 
And that's and you learned that from the game. I did because I had to depend on so many individuals, and I respected their um, their dedication. And if you have played the game, you know the warrior like mentality and the heat where you think you can't, but you but you but you do. And I think that's the test for a lot of individuals of how far can you go. Because I saw a lot of guys who said they couldn't, but they did. And I, that's one thing I do remember. And the camaraderie and also the respect that you, you, you got from, you know, not only for yourself, but for the guys around you. And you played linebacker tight end? Well, yeah, linebacker tight end. Yeah. Yeah. little chip drag, you know, across there. Buller was Buller, Buller was a high school star, man. He was a big man head, on campus, head, you know. And he got he got hunter. so big that he threw his baseball uniform in the trash and walked out on his coach that one time. Well, right? yes, well, that's a whole other story. There, <laughs> <laughs> I don't even remember the wow. story, but I do remember that part. Of, was that? Did I get that right? Uh, I was kind of asked to leave as well. <laughs> it was mutual. Uh, yeah, the coach. Uh, that's. I'll tell you guys off the air. There was a disagreement. Was there? It was more than that. Was there a fist fight? No, no. It was if it if it happened today, uh, yeah. Uh, it just it you would was, have thrown down. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's simple. All right, that's Bowler, of course. Gordon, Jake, we'll have more of the big show coming up next. Ninety-seven five and twelve eighty. The zone. Wrapping up a big show, 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, Craig Bowler, Jack, of course, in the house. And Bowler, we say this every Tuesday, but we can't thank you enough for coming in, my man. Well, it's it's a pleasure. I appreciate the invite. And uh, before you know it, we'll be playing hoop. A lot of people excited about this season coming up, Bowler. Actually you, you may have more attention, more eyeballs, just uh, more interest in the Utah Jazz this season than than any season in the last 20 years i would totally agree i mean for what i've heard and people who called and some radio shows i've done this summer uh it's the expectations are very high and i think jazz fans as well but remember i mean you got to play the game you know i'm not being a debbie downer here but still it's it's fun to be a part of this of this bold move and they did trade asset assets to get something back in return and yeah, Faves did a marvelous job, and Ricky was a fan favorite, uh, and Jay Crowder was a bulldog on defense. Uh, but what we, what the Jazz have, is such an intriguing lineup, and interchangeable. Gordon and Jake, I think, is the other part of this, where guys can play multiple positions. It gives Quinn Snyder, with his coaching, and the way he schemes. I mean. <laughs> You know, they call him the mad scientist for a reason. I mean, I almost sense him kind of rubbing his hands together going, (laughs) oh, boy, because there are so many options now uh, with the three-point ability, the rim play, and the way he likes to play defense. uh, It's it's so intriguing. And you know what? You can talk all you want, but until you hit the floor – uh, then we'll get more answers. But right now, there's a there's a lot of excitement, and for for a reason. The whole West has been turned upside down, and each and every night in this in this conference, when the Jazz hit the floor, who doesn't want to be watching Jazz basketball? I mean, it's going to be fun. And now, of course, we've got to pay attention to who makes the first three: Rudy or Ben Simmons. You went with Ben <laughs> Gordon. I went with Rudy. 
Bowler, any thoughts? You, you going to back a horse here? Oh, my gosh. Let me think. I'm thinking of a Temps. I'm thinking of a guy who is uh, gun-shy. That's Simmons. I, I'll get – you know what? Let's go crazy. Say Ben just can't do it, and Rudy, for some odd reason, just says, I'm going to pull the trigger because, you know what, that's the way Gobert plays. He likes the challenge, and maybe he will as he trails down the court. They kick it out, and he goes, why not? We and <laughs> we we and hits it. Well, maybe Gordon, this is something uh, we won't drag Bowler into this, but maybe we we do incriminating audio on this. Uh, I seem to have uh, a uh, less than desirable track record. There's a whenever plethora. we do this. How about that word? Yeah, but Gordon's on every every cut in this place. Uh, I know. But but you're betting on the guard. I would give you better chances in this one. Yeah, I'll tell you, Ruby's got better form. <laughs> After what I saw on that, that video. You know, if, if you really kick it around, Jake, you're right. You would think Simmons would be the guy. Right. But. Especially just, since so many people have challenged him. Yeah. Like, but, he doesn't even take the three. I still think in the back of Rudy's mind, there is a driving force that wants to shock the world that the big man hit a three. We'll see. We'll see. All right, big thanks to Austin, executive producer of The Big Show. Thanks to Bowler for coming in. Thank you, Gordon. Thank you, Jake, and thanks to all our listeners. Couldn't do it without you. We'll talk to you tomorrow on The Big Show, 97.5 and 1280 of The Zone.